Two, one. What up, everybody? This is Picasso's Basement, episode seven. We're on seven. Se- seven? Damn. Seven. Lucky seven. number seven. Yes. Yeah. Lucky number seven, everybody. So, as be- as always, Richie loves yo-yos. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all this great stuff. Some of y'all, like, I think only half of y'all don't subscribe, so just subscribe to the channel. Support yep. your boy. It's the BS Show, your rapper. I do this for y'all. I love you. Not like Donald Trump loves the rioters at the Capitol building or anything, but I love you. And right now, this is a very special episode because this is for the first time on camera that I have a very close family member on, you know, T, this beautiful YouTube channel of mine. So, sitting next to me is, you want to introduce or should I introduce? <laughs> She's your guest. I'm supposed to, but, I, but it's like you're not just any guest. Like, you're not like, you know... You're somebody very close to my heart, so I got. I, I want. I want to do your name justice. I don't want to just say some random stuff and then be like, "Oh, well, that was whack ass and true." Now you just. All right. So, all right. So, beside me is my sister, my amazing, gorgeous, wonderful sister. I really need a sound bar, but until then. Contrary, Candace. We tried. We did it together. We we did. We it's a team effort. <laughs> so how are you feeling today? I'm here. You know, like. How's life treating you? Life is alright. I mean, I just recently quit my job. Can you move that mic a little bit closer to you? Yeah, I got. Move the mic. Let's just take some. We're taking practices here. You know, we gotta make sure everything's good. Quality's correct. Look. And hear her, yes, 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 the the pretty singing voice. So pretty, we got the Mariah Carey octave right there. Oh my god! So again, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I just recently quit my job. Yes. Wow. Yes. And I feel so stress free. Life is good. I have no complaints. What did you do for a living? Uh, I worked for the city. Let's just say that. Right. We're gonna say the city. Because if I say the department in which I worked for. You know, it might. That's a controversial. Yeah, we we don't really want I that. Might want my, I might need my job back. <laughs> <laughs> That's for about a year. Yes. So I ain't trying to burn no bridges. Yeah, so. Until then, have my new job. You took a leave. Yeah. Took a took a nice nice year leave. So yes. right now, you know, trying to get you know back on our feet, revamping. You know, coming back young, fresh, dapper, new. Yes, I guess. That's the truth. That's. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to big you up here. I'm trying to make you look like. Do you? Do you? <laughs> you quitting your job was that because you needed it up here mentally? Like you yes, needed a man, break. It's very emotionally and mentally stressful. The job itself is just. Ugh. It takes a lot out of you emotionally already and then mentally and then it was a lot of mandated overtime. Then the people you have to deal with. The people of New York City are the most ungrateful damn people, I have to say. Absolutely. Because I have to work with the people of New York City in their emergency situations. That should kind of give you a hint of what I did, but I'm not going to say it. And, yo, I used to be such a nice person. (laughs) <laughs> I used to be such an empathetic yeah, you Used to? Like I would see like a homeless person in the street And like feel bad And like harbor all of this like you know Energy for them And like always try to help my fellow man After I had this job I was like 
fuck everybody. Mm. Now I see stuff and I mind my business like I never minded my business before. Like people fighting in the street, somebody punching, like <laughs> somebody punching. Let me mind my business. This has nothing to do with me. Facts, man. Because like, there's so many people who like see stuff like that and feel the need to call the authorities mm -hmm. but then don't want to provide them with the information mm -hmm. they're like oh two people are fighting in the street okay what do they look like just get here ma'am the cops are not going to run up to you and be like were you fighting in the street mm -hmm. were you the person who got punched like and it's scary enough being a police officer people exactly. don't people don't get that they never get the, the just do that they deserve mm -hmm. and and i get it i think there's black sheeps and bad people yeah. isn't there a bad person in every family yes. isn't there a bad person mm -hmm. in every church isn't there you know there's always people come like that we come bad and we come good mm -hmm. unfortunately some people I got the their job is to take care of us it's the hardest job in the world to take care of another person when some of these officers can't take care of themselves exactly mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so when he gets called to a scene <laughs> He's already, already busted mentally. Exactly. <laughs> He's already like, fuck, I just, dang, I just wanted to, I was just eating lunch. And it's continuous. <laughs> like, it's nonstop. And also, these people are putting their lives on the line for, uh, lives on the line for us. Lives on the line. At the end of the day, you ain't giving up your life for nobody else, are you? Fuck these no. These people go into these emergency situations and they're putting their whole life on it. They don't know if they're going to go home today. It could mm. be a nice regular day, nice chill day. They go to respond to a call and the next thing you know, they're shot. Mm. And then they're dead. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I've learned a lot of respect for the police. I mean, of course, like you said before, there's a lot of bad apples in the bunch. Mm -hmm. You know, but that don't spoil all of them. Because mm. I know a bunch of them. I met a bunch of them. They're cool. The ones that I met, at least. Mm -hmm. But they're, trust, there's some I have met that you're like... Yeah, you've been doing this way too long. Yeah, it's time to retire. Yeah, your energy's really <laughs> fucking up. <laughs> and, and that's one thing. I do believe that officers, they should get evaluated. Like, I think that the same way uh, drivers should get evaluated after, like, 40, I think they should get evaluated to see if they're able to be on the road anymore. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, can you mentally hack it? Are you going through too much stress? Are you going to kill somebody? Mm -hmm. Are you profusely drinking? Because mm -hmm. around that age, you start to slip. So now you're trusting a police officer that has seen 10, 15 years of crime in his brain mm -hmm. and you think that he's mentally fit to hold that gun and that badge every day of his life? Word. No, I think they nope. deserve to, because they take care of us and watch us, they deserve to get help, even if they don't say they need it. Mm. I agree. So, and, no, no, go ahead. No, and they provide, like, certain services for, you know, those cops. Like, there's employee assistance, there's all types of, you know, resources that they can mm -hmm. get into. However, some people feel they don't need it. I feel like it should be mandatory. Mm. Yeah. Like, after a certain point in time, it's mandatory, you need to go visit these people, you need to have this conversation. I mean, because they always have it. I think it's 24-7, if I'm not mistaken. But just because it's there doesn't mean you're going to use it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, so. yeah, you can, You can't, you, you can bring, you can bring them... Um, person to to the water but you can't you can't drink it for them yep, exactly. so what would be like a take if you hear things like in the stories about policemen like the blue lives matter movement the whole black people die from police and get murdered and the police per capita is like destroying the country and stuff okay, so the thing about blue lives matter blue lives matter shouldn't be a thing and as much as i like you know i care about the police and xyz blue at the end of the day you get to take off that uniform. 
a black person doesn't get to take off their skin. So that's why black lives matter. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like blue lives matter. I could quit my job today. And when I take my uniform off, I'm not a cop no more. I'm a regular civilian mm-hmm. in the street. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not going to live and die by your shield. Mm. Whereas people who are black, black people, my people, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they can't take their skin off. At the end of the day, I can't just say, oh, let me take this, you know, let me unzip. Mm. Let me be an uh, Asian man tomorrow. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not going to happen, though. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's the difference between Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter. Um, in mm. terms of police brutality, I believe there's a lot of police brutality, yes. And when you watch some of these videos, it's really hard to stomach because there are certain protocols and things that cops should be doing that they don't do. And sometimes I do understand, I'm not going to say in all situations, I do understand why cops do what they do. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's in the heat of the moment, you, you react differently in certain situations. And in regards to shooting people, most of the time I don't believe that people should be shot. Because you have tasers, you have the baton, you have mm-hmm. all these other instruments that you could use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and your and your your main thing was like, ah, let me pull out my yeah, gun and shoot this person. You don't have to go. You don't have to go there. Right, like because shooting, yeah, okay, it doesn't mean that they're gonna die, but at the same time, you're shooting them. Most of the time, you're shooting to kill. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not shooting to. Oh, let me just. Sh-. And then the thing about it is like. People are like, oh, why couldn't they shoot them in the arm? Why couldn't they shoot them in the leg? Why couldn't they shoot them, you know, in like a smaller part of their body to get them to stop? When you learn to shoot, you're shooting for the larger mass of your body. You're taught to shoot for the main part of your body, which is your chest. Stomach, the chest. You know what I'm saying? The bigger parts of your body. That's what we're aiming for because that's just the easiest it's the, it's the most now moving target like when somebody's exactly. running at you you talk about shooting in the arm it's hard to shoot somebody in the arm when they're running at you like this when when you're like running straight forward it's just in one place so it's an easier hit exactly so they're gonna go for the bigger target but so like it, it's ridiculous like like i understand like to be a police officer like it's extremely difficult it, as they've been saying it's like it's very not only time to but it's like the mental pressure of dealing with like having to react to time to knowing if you should pull out a gun, knowing you should pull out a taser. It's it's difficult. Like there's been times in my life like I I thought about wanting to do the NYPD when I was like younger because you know I always saw how like a lot of television shows make it look and I I thought like oh I'll be a savior for New York one day and then over time after all the crazy stuff like how corrupt like a lot of different NYPD, not even NYPD, just most police organizations across America. It's like absolutely crazy. And, you know, you try to, you know, live in a world where you think you're going to be safe. And then you realize the people that you want to protect you are trying to trying to hurt you or trying to kill you. And you don't, you want to, you know, you, you want to reach out to them when the situations happen to you. But, you know, it is what it is. I think like, for especially us here living in New York, we need a better system for like like mini social programs. Like police need to be policed in some aspect. It's like we just can't rely on citizens the citizens zap all the time when we see some shit popping off in the middle of the street somewhere and thinking that, oh, catching them on catching them on the phone is gonna do something. Like giving them a desk job after they just killed somebody. That's not how it should be. These either these people need to be on trial. These people need to be reprimanded in the worst possible way because 
You're taking somebody's like, thou shalt die, kill. It's in the freaking Bible. That's the number one thing that people get angry at the most with everything. Like, you know, it's weird. We know in the Catholic Church there's raping going on. We know in our politics there's corruption going on. We know we know all those things. But the one thing that they really don't don't allow is killing. If you kill, you should not get away with that. You shouldn't on any level. I don't care who you are. So 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 how's it? Different from like us killing. So what's the difference between like if we can't kill, when we kill animals for food, is that not? That's a whole dick, Richard. You're going yeah. down a rabbit hole, Dad. <laughs> this is my like. I'm just trying to exp- expand in my whole conspiracy theory mind. Like, okay, and just for the record, I'm not a chuck, cop. Chuck. I'm not retired as a cop. I didn't. No, do anything no, she's not related she's to not. not no relations None to cops that. whatsoever. <laughs> like, I was thinking about what I was saying before, and I'm like, wait, time out. I don't want people to think I'm a, I'm 12. Look, I'm not 12. This is our personal opinion you from know, our I'm personal. <laughs> so I wish I was 12 again. Shit, I would do my whole life so fucking no, different. No, 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 no. He don't no, get no, it. No, I get it. I know. I I get it with the police thing. I'm. I was just off on a tangent thinking like, damn, I remember being Because I'm about to say, uh, Richard, that's what I'm... No, 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 I'm I'm thinking <laughs> on my own, like, tangent outside of, like, policing, because policing, you know, sucks. Policing is a lot, you know, and it's a lot of different layers and a lot of different, you know, mm-hmm. levels to, to the policing. There's good cops, there's bad cops, the... There's a lot of dispatchers out there who... Facts. Shout out to my dispatchers. Love you guys. Facts. Um... It's just a lot. Mm. And I feel like if people really had this conversation with the police, because I feel like just from Jump Street, people often have like a fear of the police mm. or they have this like misconception that the police are like out to get them all the time because of the, what what is it? The neighborhoods they grew up in? Mm-hmm. Because if you grow up in a certain neighborhood, like most people grow up like that I know were in the South Bronx, so they automatically have this whole like... Mm-hmm. Fuck the police. The police ain't shit mm-hmm. because their cousin got arrested or whoever, their baby mm-hmm. mama, XYZ. Yeah, anything. No. And Any so excuse. that is carried down from generation to generation. Like, my cousin never had any type of altercation with the police, but he don't like the police. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Oh, because in 1999, they arrested my brother. I'm like, mm-hmm. but what, what about you? What does that have to do with you? Like was he doing something illegal? Yeah, he do something illegal. Yeah, he robbed he robbed the liquor store. Okay, that, that you should be arrested for that. I don't that's, understand. That's like, shoplifting. You're not telling me why you hate the police. He committed a crime and they arrested him. Shit, no, our fucking family don't make no damn sense. Yeah, oh man, we're we we, we come from a very interesting lineage of criminal masterminds. You know, and what I am that in mean? no way condoning like the police. What does that mean? Fuckery. We don't want to get to wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. We don't want to get what to is, those stories. What yet. does that? me <laughs> but all right we'll, we'll, i'll say this for me and my sister and like you like how we're like very humble and we appreciate everything in our lives there's certain uh-huh. i get with every family there's like certain family members that just you know are as you know lucky or or just rather be Staying, belonging to the streets. Choose crime. Yes, uh, I'm, then, I'm trying to say it's the nicest way no, I can. No, we, our cousins, the people who watch us, know our relatives who are. I don't want to say that they grew up in messed up backgrounds. They didn't. They weren't as fortunate as we were because okay. we we come from a pretty. I don't want to say privileged either. No, like we're, we're not. Upper lower class, where like yeah, they're like yes, lower yeah. lower class. Like we your, know we your have parents worked for it. Yes, yeah, we have the we have the means to like 
live in NY, but we're like probably on that border. Like, fuck that. We all might as well just move to Florida at this point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but like our cousins, and, and that's not an excuse because my father came from that same location where a lot of them come from. My father's from Spanish Harlem. You know, and he grew a up body without old son. his father in his life. Yep. He grew up in poverty, drugs. B- single parent home. Single parent home. Seven you know siblings and shit. And he made a life for himself because of the choices he made. Mm. You know, versus like some of his siblings who chose the alternate path. Oh, let me go into drugs. Let me go into this. Let me go into that. And their lives ended up a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when people tell me, oh, it's because like my dad wasn't in my life or it's because I uh, I got addicted to pills or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Sometimes you make your own choices. And I'm a victim of substance abuse, too. I'm not going to lie. That shit was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through certain things in your life and, you know, you get yourself in certain situations. But at the end of the day, I ain't blame nobody but myself mm-hmm. because I'm the one who made the choice to to go down that road. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was always times where I could have pulled myself out of it. I knew I could have, but I chose not to. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I chose to continue abusing the substances. I continued to do what I did, mm-hmm. you know, and I had nobody to blame for me. I couldn't blame my parents. My parents raised me right. I'm the one who made the choices, you know, and I grew up in a certain environment and I've been around certain things. Those were my choices to be around those things. Mm-hmm. I always, always had the choice to to not do it, mm-hmm. but I did it anyway, you know, so whatever. You made the choice to stop as well. Yes, I made yeah. that choice to stop and I stopped and then I got my shit together, yep. you know, and I, I don't ever want to go back. Nope. Like, why would I want to put myself in that situation again? You know, because nope. I know what it's like to be at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I never want to be there again. <laughs> well, it's like if you. And that's what that life brings you, you know. Ultimately, like, it, it does suck. I also come from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. come from that. Those up, uh, like that type of uh, seeing addiction and mm-hmm. crime ridden, and we have to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we it's it's up to us to be better. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> they had to fail and put those images for us to see mm-hmm. to be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like. It's not really a win-win. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you you can make your life how you choose you want your life to be. Like I know there's there's usually like a lot of outside forces because they, you know, like upbringing and you know the environment you grew up on. But at the end of the day, you always have a choice of how you want your life to be. Like you, if you choose to stay at the bottom, you're gonna always be around people who are at the bottom. You're gonna grow up around people from the bottom. But it's like there's usually from what I learned in my from what I've seen in my life and from like what other people tell me there was always that one particular person or a group of people that they were around that were going on the right path but then they said like no I'd rather just be where I am because I'm comfortable like I'm complete uh, the complacency of it like just wanting to be here I'm I'm scared of change I'm scared of wanting things that I don't know what's going to happen if I try to do good Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a dark situation but you know, I'm fortunate that people are able to get out of that life and, you know, want things for themselves, not only for themselves, but like for their family. And, you know, they start kind of building better relationships with people. They want to like have, you know, they want long term friends. They want to like be in healthy relationships like man or woman. They don't want to be stuck in that squalor. And I respect those people that do do that. Yeah, man. And people, once you get to the bottom, the people that you know want you to stay in the bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, once you get a part of that life and you're in that life and you're at the bottom with these people, they do everything in their power to keep you there. 
Yeah. You know, and they if they see you trying to do better for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like, know? And it, I don't think it's like fully their fault. It, no. It's, it's they're like comfortable a, and they like and, and their everybody. Yeah, like everybody. Uh, you don't have to be what your environment makes you mm-hmm. out to be. It's hard mm-hmm. to understand that shit though. Like mm-hmm. growing up hating the police and not knowing the reason why. Growing up having like addicted parents and not knowing the reason why. Mm-hmm. Growing up poor. Mm-hmm. Not knowing the reason why, like mm-hmm. it makes you very resentful and bitter towards life, but you still got a choice to make whether or not to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can get up and always make a change. I hate people that feel like, oh, I'm stuck or I can't. Mm-hmm. You're never no. stuck in life. Mm-hmm. Like Mm-mm. there's homeless people that make over two hundred and fifty dollars a day. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. If and that guy got a problem, he's on the side of the highway like this and shit. <laughs> and, but he's getting paid two fifty a day. Mm-hmm. He he can manage that, but you feel helpless because you decide to stay trapped in four walls. Because mm-hmm. I did that a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. I locked that bedroom door and I stayed harbored in my bedroom for a good five years of my life. Yep, that was me. And it just went by that, like that. fast. But it was filled with every emotion. Mm-hmm. It was filled with. Um, um, influence. It was mm-hmm. filled with learning what to do, and it was filled. It showed me that yeah, I'm good alone, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what makes me feel better is bettering myself with people around me, mm-hmm. bettering mm-hmm. myself, watching other people better themselves. I tell you all the time, like, mm-hmm. it makes me feel good to make people feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think I get that from having a rough upbringing, mm-hmm. to where I feel like. Maybe my parents didn't put me first all mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. or second, or third, or fourth, or, or fifth, 20th. or fifth. Oh <laughs> shit! Am I even on the list? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it. It got to the point where I know why I'm bitter and cold, but I know why when I care, mm-hmm. I give more than two shits. Yeah. Feel me? Yeah. And like Kanye said, your attitude determines your latitude. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You always got to have like a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And my father tells me this all the time, and I'm sure when he watches this, and he's like, oh, Candace. But anyway, um, like, your attitude will change your whole, like, outlook on things. Like, if you go into it with a fucked up attitude, your your whole day is going to be shit, Mm -hmm. you know? And the people you keep around you, if they're all negative, all that energy is going to be absorbed into you. you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So you got to keep positive people around you. I learned a lot in 2019, especially because I had a lot of people that I kept around me that were both bad and good. But I was able, I have a certain level of discernment where I could separate the two. Mm -hmm. You know, I kept some of the bad people around only because like we the length of our friendship. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you keep people around because you've been friends for so long and you know They know you, you know them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's not necessarily that like I fed into their negativity because I always try to be a positive influence in their life, but then eventually they become like siphoning of your your energy. Like they siphon all of your positive energy until it spins into a negative. That's a good you analogy. Know? Hmm. So That's I was awesome like, analogy. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> So I I cut those people off and like in 2020, even though it was a shit year for like the world in general, I felt so much at peace because I didn't have those people in my life anymore after 2019. And 2019 was already a hard year for me. I lost my grandfather. Sorry to hear that. And I'm sorry. It makes me sad when I think about it. Yeah. He was the man. 
man. Oh, the man, he man, the man, yo. Favorite. He was freaking awesome. A shout out to you, grandfather, yeah, the Papa, fucking man. You. Yep, miss you, pops. I fucking, yeah, so I fucking, like, I, I love that. And also, when you lose somebody, you realize who are your real friends too. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. Like me and my grandfather, we were never like you know close, we close, close. We weren't like best friends. Like, you know? It's like he but was like, around a lot, but not like around, around like to a point where he was like, "Hey, let's all go somewhere together." He was always just in the front yard with his newspaper, minding his business, listening to his old salsa, his yep, old school, yep. like just jam, jamming the fuck out. He's like, "I live my life. I'm this is the rest yep, of my he life right to now." Beat of his own drum, retired. You know, living his life. You mm-hmm. know. But my grandfather was a great man because mm-hmm. he was a great grandfather. He mm-hmm. was a great father to his kids. Mm-hmm. He always had words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they were like weird words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like he would just say the most random stuff. Mm-hmm. Remember, he used to be like, salt peanuts, salt peanuts. Yeah, like, 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 random. And I used to be like, what does that mean? What does salt and peanuts mean? I don't know. I, I don't know to this day. Song. I never Googled it or whatever the case may be. But <laughs> like he grew Grandpa, up in the 50s, Grandpa, 60s. I guarantee you guys ever have kids or anything for yourselves and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to be saying that same bullshit like, for no salt and peanuts. Salt and peanuts. Stuff. <laughs> it used to be so funny. Um, That's amazing. That's he good. was like the coolest. You know, like the coolest grandpa. And when I lost him, mm-hmm. like, I didn't realize how much it would affect me. Mm-hmm. You know, because you feel like when you're not close to somebody, mm-hmm. losing them, you'll be all right. Like, you'll be sad, but it won't affect you as much. When I lost my grandfather, like, it was just a void. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt numb. And then at the time, I was working this horrible, stressful job. So, so I'm like, I was all fucked up. And you figure the people that you were there for most would be there for you. Boy. <laughs> The people who I least expected to reach out to me, reached out yes. to me, yep. bought food to the house, same, same thing. cared, like would check on me every hmm. single day. There were people who I considered my best friends at the time. Nowhere to be found. Like nope. like ghosts in the wind. Yep. You know, not to say that my real best friends weren't there for me, but the people who were like, oh, I love you. Oh, I care about you. Hmm. Oh, I'm always going to be there for you. Weren't there for me. Hmm. And I, it, it hurt. Hmm. Because if the shoes, if the roles were reversed, I'm the first person, hmm. you know, to reach out, to come over, to help out. Hmm. You know, that's just the type of heart I have for people. Hmm. You know, because I give because I know what it's like to not have shit. Hmm. I give because I know what it's like to have nothing. Hmm. So I give a lot of myself. When I call you my friend, I mean it. Like, you are my friend. Hmm. We're soul bonded. That's it. And anybody, any of my friends can attest to that. 100%. Hmm. If you're my friend, you know this already. Hmm. Um... My family, I, I'll go to bat for Richard. Mm-hmm. I don't care if me and him just had the mm-hmm. biggest argument in the world. Mm-hmm. If he calls me, oh, Candy, I need you, I'm there. Mm-hmm. This is my brother. I, I'll kill mm-hmm. for him. Of course. I will kill for of course. him. <laughs> I will kill for him. So watch okay? out, ladies. I will break somebody's <laughs> Watch out, future wifey. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I will kill for my brother. I will kill for my sister. My mother, my father, anybody blood-related mm-hmm. to me, I'll kill for you. I don't care if we don't even talk. Like, if you my cousin and you calling me, Yo, I said I got like, your back. Oh, where? Where you at? Mm. Like, I'm gonna pull Dave, up. Dave in Vermont. <laughs> there are certain cousins that I won't pull up on, and you just y'all know who you are. He just tried to pull the card. But for most of my cousins, they don't watch the show. I checked them. They don't know. watch the show. So. He just tried to pull the card. You know, so. <laughs> oh, God. But that, that, that really showed me who 
I can count on, who I can rely on in 2019. I really feel like I had like a breakthrough there. So now when I approach people and when I meet people, I'm cool. Like, I'm the nicest person you'll ever meet until you mm-hmm. give me a reason not to be nice to you. Of course. It's a, Trust. That's mostly that, shit, <laughs> that switch goes like that. Oh, yeah. That's mostly the case with most people that are the nicest people in the world. They're the nicest people in the world until they aren't. Yep. You know, like, the last thing you'll remember about me is me being nice. <laughs> if you cross me. Yep. Like, even with me after that whole experience with, like, you know, Grandpa passing, it's like, I had people that said, oh, we feel bad. And people who actually met my grandfather and know my grandfather and he always show love to them. Like, mm-hmm. like especially like, like I got to say, like my grandfather, any type of girl I run in the house, you always be like the first one. Like, oh my, who that? Who that right there? Yeah, <laughs> you man. be like how, hugging how, them and like driving them How old the was house. grandpa? Huh? He was how old was grandpa? 78. Se- 78, wow. Yeah. When he died. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. October 13th. October 13th. Wow, wow, wow. And That's crazy. At that point in time, like a lot of, like few friends reached out, but like the friends I thought that like actually knew, like personally yeah. met my yeah. grandfather, because it's not like every day I bring like everybody mm-hmm. to the house to like meet my entire family. There's people that I've known for Years and haven't been here. Yeah, years and never been here. Never Don't even know what my dad looks like. <laughs> so that's how seriously we get. So it's like, for them to like not even reach out, or they'll make up like some excuse to say, "Oh, well, where where is he? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go see him and stuff." And then they just like mm-hmm. pretty much ghosted, even at, before and during and after he passed. So it was like, why the fuck do I even bother to give you the time of day all these years? Like you were a piece of shit. See, but see, how would your? And I know it don't matter because you guys are here. You know, mm-hmm. he's not here. God bless the dead. But how would your grandfather ask you guys to perceive those views? As far as, should you even care about who was really there for you? Or just really notice one who was and how much of each other you guys have through his influence and what he left you guys. Fuck the people that that aren't there, that don't put in the mm-hmm. work, that don't even give them a... Like for me, I don't even give them an energetic thought because... The well, I want to take the betterness of what the people that I love and the people that I miss. I want to take the betterness of what they meant for me and to me. I don't want to bring any negative thought on the thought of their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm That's saying? That's true. That's why yeah. I was just like. I mean, yeah, like, but like the thing. Uh, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. You, you, like, I break a sediment. You know, my um, when my sister when my sister was dying in the hospital, uh, she she had um. They told her she was in a coma for two weeks. So they told us that if she woke up, she might be a vegetable. So my mom made the decision to just um, let uh, for them to put put her to sleep. So that day, that day, you know, everybody know my sister was in the hospital for a year. Anybody that's my friend, anybody in my family, you know, I think only two people out of the people. Mind you, all my friends had a hand in raising my sister. Mm-hmm. They all, we used to come over my house, cut, play games. Like, they all, I'm 11 years older than her, so you guys could imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, they all had a hand in raising her. And now, when she's sick and she, there's a chance she might die for an entire year where I'm, I'm losing sleep, my mom's losing sleep, back and forth from the hospital. You think... One of my friends, wherever the people to drive me to the hospital, because I didn't have a car. You think one of my friends was one of the people to drive me to the hospital? No. 
You know, you think one of my friends ever came to see this little girl that they seen raised from one years old on? You think any of them? No. To the point where where she died, when I get home, one of my friends is at the house feeling guilty like a piece of shit. Then another one shows up. And I, as a man, even with tears in my eyes, tell him straight up, like, don't cry for me now. Don't cry for her now. She's gone. It's done with. I'm not mad at you. I I eat that. You live with it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I left that situation mm-hmm. because for you not to show you care and it, it's fuck me. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about watching this person that you seen grow up. All your, I don't give a fuck. My worst enemies. If I've been beefing with you for forty years, what do generals? What do generals do with the, their their arrival dies? They usually go to their funeral. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's a matter of respect. It's like. You go to your worst enemy's funeral if you've known them for that long. And you've seen this life and you couldn't give a little bit for a year. People are like that. That's why I told you I learned not to begrudge them. Yeah. But on a lighter note, I did want to... And I, it's, it's good timing. I did want to give you a big appraisal for the way like you took care of... You take care of your brother. I've only, like, I've only known you, what, maybe a week? That was my first time I met you. Mm-hmm. So this is a second encounter, mm-hmm. and the way you take care of him, you gives me it gives me goosebumps because that was me and my sister. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I was a heavy influence on everything she did, mm-hmm. and it took my uncle to tell me like, don't be so sad about her death because everything that she did while she was living, she took that from you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it touched me, and then when I get to be close to two people as yourself that you just seem to compliment one another in a good way like you guys look out for each other you guys care about one another you guys come from a good family and don't take it for granted mm-hmm. I don't not at all but yet you guys are honest people with the way you live your life like she just quit a fucking job you know what I mean because she's like this is stressful and she's a grown woman where in an economy where people are scratching for work She's like, nah, my, my peace of mind means more. And I think that speaks to the character that you two both are. So, mm-hmm. like, pleasure meeting you two. And good shit to you for being a great sister. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Always treat her like the queen she is. Mm-hmm. And if oh, you need somebody to die and you don't want to do it, <laughs> just so, give me a ring, you heard? <laughs> I'll body somebody for you. <laughs> <laughs> me and Richard always had, like, a, yeah. a good relationship. Yeah, we never had, like, a relationship Who? where we thought, like... Who's, on, who's older? I'm older. She's older. By how much? Like two years, twenty, 20 months. months, jinx. Right? Was there any? Was there any ever like uh, jealousy between the two? Oh, always. Time? I always felt jealous because you know, I when I always tell my mother when I was born, like they just tossed me aside like an old sweater. Yeah, me Richard too. Was born. Yeah, me too. Because Richard was like the golden child. Yeah, my sister was too. You know, I had a problem. I used to always beat up on Richard. I remember like oh, I stealing his body. I had a sister. I couldn't touch her. I used to like beat up on him and he used to just take it. But then after a while he started getting strong. <laughs> so I would cut it. I'd be like, nah, okay, now we need to stop. Right? We used to box. Yes. Me and Richie used to heavy with like box, like we were, fight each other. We were playing in like a Tyson fight. Like Word. we're gonna fight tonight, like in right, our and bed. We would just be like fighting the bed, like bap, bap, bap. Yo, like fighting, like for real, like not even Blood kidding. Sport. Like, first blood fighting. match and shit like that's wrestling. Yes, yeah, so we used to 
box each other or we used to fight each other. Yeah, we used to share we shared a room for oh a while. Oh my god, we that shared was... a room. That oh, sucked. Wait, 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 wait. All right, all right, all right. How long did you share a room for? We shared one we moved to Park Chester. And we moved here in two thousand. Two thousand and we moved here. Did you, what did y'all fight over in the room? Nonsense. Dumb stuff. The dumbest shit on earth. Because he broke his bed. Because we had like one of those beds where it was like yep. two beds and one of the beds could slide underneath. You slide it open? He broke his bed so his shit would be on the floor. Yep. <laughs> and and the, there was a spring. You would pull it out of the whole thing before? Yeah. Yep. And, the, and there was a spring like in the middle of my mat- mattress that would scratch me. I would have soup, like mad cuts on my leg every morning. Because we, we were that poor that we couldn't find new beds. And our parents used to beat our ass, okay? Yep. And I feel like that's why we are the way we are today. Because a lot of kids today don't get disciplined. Nah, nope. they, don't. they just get their You can tell who got disciplined and who didn't. Because I don't mess with my parents. <laughs> our parents used to whoop us. Yep. And this this one over here used to hide behind me. Yep. Like, let's say, like, I have my back to the wall. Like, I'm covered up. Uh-huh. Like, because I knew what was coming. He would climb in between, like, the crack between the wall and me to get behind me. So that I would take the brunt of the hit. But we had that sleeping bag, so it's we never felt anything. Thank God. I don't know why the fuck we got brother. sleeping bags in the first place. Because we went like... Didn't we go camping? I, I think we, we... I don't remember ever being in a forest when, as a kid. I don't know, but whatever. We had sleeping bags. We had so sleeping bags sleeping for some weird reason. heaven sent. They were fucking... our dad used to tear us up. My dad used to get like superhuman strength. Remember the time he lifted the bed? Yo, I remember one time I was running like into my room, under my bed. I was like, oh, he's, he's mad bad. This is when my dad was a lot bigger. I think he didn't have no strength. This motherfucker with one hand lifted the entire bed like on some Hulk shit and whooped my ass with the other hand. No way. Yes, yes. See, I was my scared. My father was the disciplinarian most of the time. So yes. you tried so nice as nice as he is, and everybody knows how <laughs> nice my father <laughs> is. Right, and everything. my dad is so cool when people beat me. Like, oh, your childhood was so nice. different. Childhood dad was different. Childhood dad, dad young like Robert <laughs> in his youth when he had super dehumanist was That's a totally hilarious. different than he is today. And my dad, I'll never forget this one time. I was in high school uh-huh. and he was like in the living room area of where the apartment is and uh-huh. I was walking towards my room and I said something real slick out of my mouth and he said what the fuck did you say I was like you heard what I said I don't know what possessed me the <laughs> devil overcame me I don't know yeah. like whatever I turned around <laughs> to see what he was gonna do cause then I guess like the fear in my heart came back uh-huh. he had thrown a deodorant uh, and it hit me right in my eye he had that good of an aim that that yeah. shit popped me my, right in my eye, and I had like a broken blood vessel all in my eye. I had to go to school like that. Was he was like, he was he apologetic? No, no, <laughs> never. Were. He he worked our ass for I a purpose. It. He didn't do it because you know. And sometimes he would feel like bad about it, depending on the level yeah, of severity. To be daddy's he little he girl. Like one time he hit me with the heart, like a hard broomstick, all because I didn't want to clean my room. <laughs> Yo, yo, pops. I don't know if there's a statue of limitations on fucking up like, your kids. I, I remember, like, I just didn't want to clean my room. So you better clean your room now. I'm like, no. And then out of fucking nowhere, he just you, kicks my you, wait, door wait, down. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait, was this was this before she got high whip or after? This is before. Before. So this is before. So you didn't learn you learn your lessons. No, no. Not. we we obviously did. <laughs> He comes in the room and just hits me with the hardest, like, wooden brute stick. Like, not the, like, the, the, the fortunately, he switched it because he was hitting me with the hay part of, like, the old brute yeah. sticks. <laughs> and then he switched it and then he just started he shouting some shit, like, you better fucking clean. Clean, <laughs> he said the hay part. Clean, motherfucker, clean. 
Oh, and there was one time I was playing with my cousin. Ah. I was playing. I was playing with my cousin video I'm games. Dying. No, this is a this is a real good one. This is hilarious. I was playing video games with my with one of our cousins. All right. And like my mom's like you. She was telling me like I want. I had to get something out of the car. I'm like 13 years old at the time. She's like, All right. you get out of the car. So I, I was like, no. I was like, no. Fuck you, mom. And I that was the worst decision I ever like I ever he took in my life. He burst into the room okay. with his fist. Okay. Started jabbing me on some Mike Tyson shit okay. with my cousin sitting next to me. Okay. Going bop, bop, like. Because you want to mm, talk that mm, shit? Yep. You want to like, talk that shit? I felt everything. Like, uh, yeah, you mm. talk like that he shit? was. This what you get. Mike Mike Tyson in the shit yep. out of me in my fucking face okay, and stomach. Not to say that our father was abusive. No, he was not an abusive <laughs> no, no, dad. No, 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 He didn't leave like Everything, marks. Guys, he hit you just guys, enough guys, to get Guys, I got this shit time stamped. You guys just went. For three minutes, just saying exactly how abusive your father is. <laughs> no, no he he's a great abusive. dad. Our dad is, I feel like, the more understanding parent at that, which makes it funny. And he we didn't always just get our disciplinary ass beat. though. And he's a man. You can't. At the end of the day, I am the man of the house. I'm not your friend. Mm-hmm. I'm your father. Mm-hmm. So anything that I do to you, and it hurts. There's a 75% chance it was off of impulse. Mm-hmm. 25% chance I didn't really mean it, but you are not going to disrespect exactly. me and, and that's my what it goddamn was. house. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's how, it was that's a respect thing. Like, and we didn't get beat all the time. It's not like, oh, it's every not, day. Like every know? other It was like we those rare occasions. We got beat when we deserved it. Because oh, yes. we, no, really, we really tried and absolutely. tested like, it. My, like my, my parents, they don't drink. They don't smoke. They never took any... They go to church. Uh, they go to church. They, to they church. never did any hardcore <laughs> substances. That says a lot when they go to church. Hence, yeah. why my dad looks so young. He's, what, 62? So yeah. And he can still walk as being as big as he is. I'm still shocked at that. Oh but, but he's... Wait, your father's 60? Yeah, 60, he just turned 62. He just turned 62. 45, 50 years old. People yeah. be thinking he's my brother. Like my older brother. I'm like, no, that's my dad. If he he's 29 years old. My mom is 59. My mom's 50. Gonna, turn, gonna be 59. Your mom's? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our parents were good. They that, that means they lived a happy life, though. They did. They've well, been together you know for 36 years. You see that picture on the wall there? That's, yeah, that's the 20 year anniversary. Wow. They've just celebrated But your brother still guys. looks like that. And he's, this is the 36 <laughs> years they've been together. They've That's been when they hit 20 years. But they still, your pa still yes, looks like that. Yeah, he still looks the same. That was what, in 2005? Your mom too. Your mom still yes. looks like that. That was 2005. Wow. They still, they still they've together. been together 36 years this year. Yes. You know. That's been on the They've wall been through their ups forever. and downs and left don't, and right. You know, like all people in relationships are. But they managed to keep it together for this long. Like my grandparents, they've been together for 65 years. They've been together 65 years. They were married for 59 before my grandfather yeah. died. They were together for they were together for social security years. Yeah. <laughs> they know they know each other since they were both thirteen years old. Thirteen years That's old. Amazing, they met man. when they were thirteen. They That's got married amazing. at seventeen and eighteen. Had my mom at twenty one. Together every but day after you that. See, you see what I speak about when I say um the values that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Those family values can't be made up. Like there's a different thing when you are when you come from like a real religious family and you have to follow a religious code. Mm-hmm. This is different. You guys, you guys don't have to follow this code, but the code of love is kind of in you. It's part of your value. When you love somebody and you're with somebody, you wish to have that longevity with them. You look forward to that, and it's proven that it's in your DNA because you got grandparents, mm-hmm. yep. parents. You guys know what it is to hold something, keep it. We're going to go through our shit, but mm-hmm. we're going to get through this bitch. We got another 60, 70 years to go yep. through. 
Yep. Oh my god, I don't even want to say that again. Hey, oh my god, don't say 60 years. My grandmother's 98. Our grandmother is my, gra- my great grandma passed away last year at 98. Mm-hmm. My grandma, her daughter, found her on her birthday in her bed, rigor mortis. Um. And, and God has a. God is funny. That's why I say, if you are there, when I get up there, I'm going to slap the shit out of you and then you can do what you want with me. Oh, my um, God. Because I owe him one. You know, I owe him one. You know, it was her birthday. How you wake up on your birthday to walk over to see your mom, 98, fucking stiff in the bed. And three days prior, she lost her husband. Stomach infection. Went to the hospital on a Friday and didn't come back out. Mm-hmm. So within four days... Mm. My, my grandma, you know what I mean? That's why I say when I get up there, I'm going to slap the shit out of God. I owe him one. But, mm. uh, yeah, like... It's just in fact, it's weird how, how life goes, being 98, getting older. And when I think about what they have, they had each other. Mm-hmm. My grandma, my great-grandma, they had each other, family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You guys, no matter what relationships you guys go through, you guys are always going to have each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I know when parents have kids, that's the one thing that they really... No parent <laughs> just wants to have one kid. I think if you just have one kid, that motherfucker was, was a mistake. Like, you did it. You did it to prove a point, or you did it to do something for yourself. But, but some I, people can't have more than one kid, though. That is true. Maybe uh, I'm not talking about those, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm truly talk, talking to the people that do have two kids, inspired because they want those two kids to grow up together mm-hmm. and not be alone mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. Chocolate was supposed to be more of us, but I was. <laughs> my mother saying, eh, after Richard, she was like, my nope. dad wanted four, but I was so they bad. They still pop up one more. <laughs> Uh, nah, nah, not anymore. <laughs> Be that as it may. Gosh. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so our dad is the cool dad. He's great. My parents really were there for me through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I didn't realize this until I got to, you know, my, my 30s. <laughs> because mm-hmm. when you're in your 20s, you think you know everything. Yeah. And you, like, just do things to experiment and X, yeah. Y, and Z. And that's when I had all my substance and, like, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So, um... It's not until, like, I don't want to say recently because it's been years that I've known this. I feel like I've lived a very blessed life. God watches over babies and fools, I'm telling you. Mm. So, like, I went through all, I went through, like, the darkest times, you know, in, like, my late 20s, early 30s. And no matter what, no matter how messed up, I've done some fucked up shit Mm. to my parents. Mm. Like, shit that is unforgivable, that you Mm. shouldn't even love nobody after all the stuff that I've done to them. And even through all of that, my parents loved me anyway. Mm-hmm. They brought me back. They cared about me. They helped me get into therapy. They helped me financially. Issue. Yeah. They helped me through it all. And they never gave up on me. And my parents never made me feel like I less than. Did you steal from them? Yeah, I mm-hmm. did. I was that bad. Mm-hmm. I stole things that were like, like stupid shit. Like shit that oh. like you would never, you know, that you shouldn't have. Hmm. You know, and I made excuses and lies. And that was because I was involved in an abusive relationship with a man at the time. Hmm. Yeah. So that also, you know, contributed to, you like, my downfall. He wasn't the older brother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. Richard, I shielded Richard from a lot of stuff <laughs> in my life. I'm telling you. Like, I didn't want Richard to go through anything that I went through. So I never really, like... But if I did see him, like, going a certain way, I'd be like, yo, don't do that. Of course, because like, been there before. You know? Know? Like, even when my relationships with all the girls, like, I try to bring it over it was like i was never really worried about like my parents accepting or by anybody i did it was always like my sister was like the final boss <laughs> with every 
everybody I did. Like, okay, that my dad will love everybody. He's level one. He don't give a fuck. He'll bring yeah, you in. Your, sister, your sister's going to be the closest one to you at the end of the day. She sees you going through it. She, she can't help but feel that towards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's been times like, I, I even have to bring a woman home and she already hated them. Like, she'll yep. see by a picture, like, nope. Not. Energy. <laughs> I'm like, mm, energy. <laughs> Feel the energy no. off the floor. They'll be like, no. go, what do you think her? No. No. <laughs> nope, not her. Nope. But you know, like, my parents, like I, I was saying, they they really supported me and they cared about me through the through everything. And I am so thankful and grateful for them. Yes. Because if it wasn't for my parents... My praying parents, who I worried sick. I'm telling you, my mother has all God that gray in her parents. hair now. She didn't have any gray in her hair until like she yeah. got me. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like she, she supported me and loved me at my most unlovable. My father too, you know. And there were times they could have just given up, just been like, "Fuck it, leave her to the streets." Yeah, they could have kicked us both out at they 18 and made us fend for ourselves me, in the world. You know. And I'm not saying it was all, you know, sunshine and roses. They weren't like, "Oh yes, Candace." I mean, we had to go through our things, you know, like you you do mm-hmm. with yep. uh, parent-child relationship. Yep. But I feel like now we're in a better place. Yep. You know, because they they still love me. Yep. If I was my kid, boy, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> gonna have to flip a coin. If, I, but if, I, if I'm being honest, though, that that shows on you guys. That that shows on you guys that your parents are those forgiving people, supportive people. That shows on you guys that I don't want to put uh, this is perfect. It's so weird, oddly enough. All right, so brutally honest, my mom came over to see me yesterday. Uh, I dismissed her. Because you know what my mom came over to see me yesterday for? She didn't come over to see me. She came over for a bag of weed. She came over for a bag of weed. She was supposed to... She texted me several times Saturday night saying, Hey, I'm going to do my hair. I want to come see you and the kids tomorrow. Then Sunday comes... Or Saturday comes. She texted me Friday. Saturday comes. She goes, uh, my stepfather. Will Will doesn't want to go over there because he says we stay there too long. I'm not going to go over all of a sudden, she texts me. She goes, I'm downstairs. So I'm like, all right. She comes upstairs. She's like, you got weed for me? And I'm like, I just shake my head, bro. So she goes to the living room. She chills with the nine-year-old. And I give her her weed. And her husband's waiting downstairs in the car. So I hear the phone ringing. Come on, we got to go. So she gets this. She goes, bye, baby. I love you. From a distance. From from six feet away at a doorway. Mm-hmm. Why are you so cold with me? And the brutal, honest truth, she hasn't been my mom since I slid out her vagina. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, she's my mom because I slid out her vagina. But other than that, she, her, her problem is she fall, she don't, there's no equal balance in a loving relationship. It's a, it's an unbalanced triple beam scale. And that shows because I'm the one that gets the collateral damage of it, mm-hmm. where my mom won't be involved. My mom won't help. Yo, bro, you think I go back to jail? I got a financial problem, or if I, I was addicted to Molly for fucking four years of my life. You think mommy and daddy helped me get out of that fucking addiction? Hell, motherfucking no. You know what I'm saying? Mommy and daddy have never, ever, ever been a safe space. Uh, a place I know I'm good, people to talk to, that I'm just like, all right, they don't judge me. Hell no, they're going to judge the shit out of me, but let me know it's my problem. 
that's why I say it's great, great that it's so, the irony mm-hmm. that I would have two great people with great parents, and I on the other end would be able to. I'm sitting here with you guys almost, mm-hmm. and I just went through this just yesterday where I'm just like, damn, uh, you you still don't get it. You still don't get it. And as much as I express it and express, you, God bless my grandfather. I love him. You know, he's a paraplegic in a hospital right now. Mm-hmm. But all, all my life, he's only said like four words to me. It's like, I love you. Okay. And I know he don't have conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you, he don't. That's all he says. My mom is turning into her father. Mm-hmm. It's always, okay. Mm. I love you. I know. Mm. <laughs> But there's no real understanding behind those words. Mm-hmm. There's no real... They're just saying it to say it. Mm-hmm. They don't have... Unfortunately, they mm-hmm. don't have the wherewithal to mm-hmm. put their love in more than one place. That's what having a family and raising children is. Taking away love away mm-hmm. from just your lover or just yourself. Mm-hmm. And being able to spread it across the board amongst an entire family so you guys can equally share that same love mm-hmm. and grow and become something of mm-hmm. what you two have become. Mm-hmm. For your very first episode, your father pops his head in <laughs> and just... <laughs> like, I know I got no cameras on me, but they yes. just laugh just because that's... A, he just He's loves like, it. Like those those he, clown dolls that you see? He like, loves it. And, and that's, what call. that's the best thing that you can wish for from your parents, for them to love everything that you fucking do. And I won't say my parents don't love everything mm-hmm. that I do, because they absolutely love everything that I do. But they got to know something. I don't do that shit for them. Mm-hmm. And that's their fault. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't do that shit for them. I left that shit a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be, I'll be brutally honest. I don't answer that first text message when they text me. Because <laughs> I always feel like they need something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it not the sucks. way you guys feel with your parents, and that's not fair. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. I don't get it. You know, we're, we're all equally not bad people, mm-hmm. but certain parents just never grew up. Mm-hmm. They never grew up. They they themselves were kids having kids. Mm-hmm. And I all respect to you, Mom, but I tell you, you should have fucking swallowed me and did me a favor. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what's so crazy is that, like, some people have so much potential to be great people and so much mm-hmm. potential to, you know, change the world even. But what I realized at this age is that not everybody lives up to their potential. Nope. You know, you can have all the potential in you, but if you don't live up to it, if you don't speak behind it, if you don't pray behind it, if you don't yep. give that energy to that potential, it's just wasted it's potential. Wasted potential. And it is what it is. You know, you got some people you love and you love them wholeheartedly. You love people the way that they love you. Like I love Richard the way that I feel he loves me. Right, mm-hmm. Richard? Oh, and like I love my sister like that. I love all of my <laughs> friends like that. You know, I, I give so much love to the people who I know really love me. But there's some people you have to love at a distance, you know, because you can't give them all that energy that you give certain people. Like the way I love my brother is not the way I love my aunt. Of course. Or the way I love like some of my cousins. You know? Of course. You know, yep. I was just, even some of no, all my friends I love. If I my friends, I'm telling you, they like, they're my friends yeah, because the re- they yeah, were there the for me. Yeah, there's a reason. You know, like, and I have like a handful of friends. 
Then I have friends who are like, you know, then I have people who, you know, who say that they're my friend, but I ain't their friend. Like, <laughs> not to be funny, because people, like, we, we could be cool and They'll we can have a conversation. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you my friend. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. I'm just good at talking to you. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, if, that, if that makes you feel good. I just know how to talk to you. I could be cordial you. with you, but people, some yeah. people can't tell the difference. Some people don't know the difference cordial. between being my friend and, like, acquaintances you know yeah exactly like when i had my other job when i was working at my job like i, I was cool with a bunch of people but y'all niggas ain't my friend if i have not talked to you outside of work don't you know, don't consider yourself my friend uh-huh. you're my co-worker like uh-huh. we're cool at work like yes but when you see me outside after i've clocked out you don't know me no more like that's it don't don't that's talk it, to yeah. me in the street like we don't, we don't, <laughs> have, we don't have nothing that we can like, relate to you know because i'm definitely gonna walk past you like i ain't never met you a day in my life like, sorry to say it, that's just what it is <laughs> even like with this whole thing like for me, like when it comes to potential and like like having any type of talent, like I never thought I would be doing podcasts in my entire life. It was just something that I literally thought of, like, hey, I want to really get my feelings and emotions out and just have something that's like mine, something that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like even with music, like I was scared to rap. I didn't even know I had any type of ability to rap until I just said, you know what, let me give it a shot. So I got like yep. really into poetry. It was mostly because like of like my like you like doing a lot of poetry when i was younger you would use it to express yourself and i would like read some of the stuff you would like say i was like oh this is some raw shit it's like some maya angelou type shit and i was like it influenced you it it influenced me enough to like hey let me just see if i can get this a shot like on a on a whim so i randomly reached out to a studio which ultimately led me to cause and i took those chips to yonkers to try to record something and took me a while but eventually you know the time and patience and believing in myself i said let me let me see what i can work with it's so crazy that richard says all this because honestly truly richard is the bravest person that i know (laughs) like the bravest most inspiring person i know (laughs) and i was so envious of richard for so long and not like in like horrible like i wish bad upon him way i was envious because i wanted to be as brave as him (laughs) you know i wanted to be as inspirational as him (laughs) and i always held myself back Mm-hmm. You know, because like I was always afraid to fail, especially mm-hmm. after you've been an, an addict. You, the last thing you want to do is go back there. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't want to try certain things because you're like, nah. Because mm-hmm. if it don't work out, then you set yourself up for disappointment. It's a different level of disappointment, mm-hmm. you know. But Richard always was always so brave, mm-hmm. and I I was so envious of that mm-hmm. because like he would try anything. Like he would just go out there and do like the most random things, get into the yo-yoing, get into the rapping, getting into talking to people, doing interviews, podcasts, this and that. Shit that people, regular people are like, nah, you got to be a certain way. You got to look a certain way. Richard don't care. He could walk out here in his a bunny pajamas and a SpongeBob hat and have a conversation with somebody. And that's just like his life. You know, he lives his life on his own terms to the beat of his own drum. He's always been that way. And I was always envious of that, mm-hmm. you know, but I've always been so proud of Richard. Because he he never gives up. No matter how like much the odds are against him, he'll be like, oh, well, we could do it this way. Let's mm-hmm. try it another way. Mm-hmm. Like, if it doesn't work out one way, let's do it another way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's never just like, oh, okay, we're not going to do it. Let's just, like me, I'm ready to give up. Like, eh, all right, <laughs> it didn't work. Let's move on. But he's like, nah, let's try it this way. You know, like, the way his mind works is just, like, so good. And you can tell that he's a good and genuine person. You know, that's why so many people, like, follow Richard and keep up with Richard and, like, keep him going. You know, and I feel like all the support that people do with the podcast and with the music and the X, Y, and the Z and everything that he has going on, it fuels him to continue to do what he does. 
And he don't care that he got to work his nine to five. Right after his nine to five, he's going to the studio. He's mm-hmm. calling you like, oh, mm-hmm. what are we going to do for Sunday? <laughs> oh, this X, Y, and Z. You know, like, like I, I love that Richard is the way that he is. Did you, you know? ever, did you ever get um, scared when you were like, when, when you had your addictions that he would follow? Yeah, mm. I did. But like, I always felt, I like I said, I always sheltered Richard from like everything I did. Mm-hmm. Like even when my parents used to fight and stuff, I'm like, oh Richard, let's go do something else because I never wanted him to feel that energy from my parents. When my parents went through all the stuff that they went through, he, Richard didn't know shit. Mm-hmm. He was I still don't. He was obli- He's still oblivious to the world. Like of uh, when my parents had like their marital issues, he's oblivious to that. Oh, really? When I was going through my addiction, oblivious. He he's like la la la, like floating through life because I never <laughs> like not to even be funny about it because I never wanted Richard to see me differently than what he knew me as i didn't want him to see his parents differently you know like i wanted him to have like a stable life because me i come from a very unstable like even though we grew up my parents were great um we grew up in a pretty stable household i went through a lot of stuff i'm a victim first of sexual abuse i'm a victim of drug abuse i'm a victim of like being in an abusive relationship i went through the ringer i'm telling you i could write a book honestly true maybe you should write a book so maybe you should though i'm writing a children's book it's gonna come out me and my 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 best friend joey we're writing a children's book trying to pee pee where i book oh (laughs) purchase what is it responsible me Irresponsible me. I am irresponsible me. I am irresponsible. Something. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, TJ. We forgetting your book. book. I thought it was I am irresponsible me. I got upstairs. I am responsible me. I think I really think it's I am responsible. No, I don't think it's that. I am irresponsible me. Irresponsible me. All right, we're really butchering your book right now, TJ. We're very sorry. Shout out to TJ. Richard, look it up. Hey, look at shit. Who got their phone on you? My my phone's recorded right there. Look it up. It's on Amazon. It's by Terry. Terry Ammons. Terry Ammons Jr. That's our cousin. I think it's great for responsible me. I, I, I by really Levon Carter. Levon Carter, Shane. you know that's his. Uh, that's his model name. Model yeah, name, Shane. you know, you be doing some model <laughs> shit. We gotta get him on here too, man. Fuck that okay. shit. I'm gonna ask him, yo, yo, get your ass over here, man. I'm just, like he's one of those. He's uh, for those who don't know, Terry Evans is our cousin. He's our, actually our second cousin. Yeah, and that's what's so crazy about it. It's like what what's we were the saying name of the author? I am Terry Ammons Jr. Just look up. Well, I think it's used for Terry. T E R R Y. T E R R Y. Ammons is A M M O N S. And Junior. Damn, we just put out your whole government. But whatever. He got his government out there, so we put a government out there. So, me and his He's a public figure now. They grew up in certain environments, and even still, they're successful. Help responsible me. Helpful. Helpful responsible. Helpful responsible me. This is my job. This is what I'm here. Fact check. So, he's a public children's author. He's a teacher, right? I think, so. I, think he, I don't want to, because I see him post stuff for hey, children you, and you want, helping you out. Want me like, to read this? It says, uh, uh, born in New York, the author, born in New York City in the early 1990s, spent months' time entertaining himself as an only child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was. He didn't become an a older brother until he was like in his 20s. <laughs> no, he got his sister just turned two, right? Yeah, he's like 20 something, ain't he? He just turned 30. Oh, that's, well, that's then. like having a daughter. He just turned 30. In his late 30s. Yeah, that's like having a daughter. Yeah. That's he not even having a, like a fucking He used to say that they're adorable. pictures together. Yeah, so shout out to you, TJ. You're amazing. You know, he's a perfect example of like, he grew up in a situation where like his mother was basically a single mother. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, his father was there for him financially. Not to talk no crap not, about no, my cousin because no. he's a strong man. He, he's extremely Terry, strong. His father is a strong man. He he holds he his was down. He's there for his kids. He holds everything now because, because they were young. He was sixteen, I think, when he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was real. So young. like you know, you can only do so much as a teenage. Your parent. brain ain't fully developed till twenty five. Yeah, you know I'm saying so. It's like it is what it is. But, they know their history better than we right. do. But from outsiders looking in. Like he grew up in a certain situation, and look, he still made something of no, himself. There was he, no excuse. He's a model and a children's author. Like, right? like he drove himself. You he, know what I'm saying? You have to drive yourself. You have he, to have that inner fire within he, you to be like, you know what? I'm gonna be better than my parents were. I'm gonna be better than this person was. X Y Z. And he's doing it. And I'm very happy for him, man. And I hope one day he, you know, I'll be becomes the most successful person ever. Yes. Don't forget to take care of us. And no, let me stop. Those, yeah. The, like the family members who get money, and then you be like, Yo, I can only imagine if like this this shit blows up, or if the music shit blows. So something blows up. I can only imagine who's gonna come out the woodwork. Oh my god! Watching a uh, granny mugger and fucking <laughs> <laughs> granny mugger. We have a cousin who's the granny mugger. If you Google it, if you Google Greggy Bug, granny, granny mugger, mugger that's our cousin. He got beat up by the old lady. Stop looking over there. <laughs> if you're trying to rob her. All right. Yeah. So, anyways, we're. I think we're. It's almost time to wrap this almost up right now. Let's, let's look out for rapping tip. Yes, that's gonna be our. That's our flagship pop- what podcast. Our dear we're doing crushed ice. Yes. I don't know if you caught our first season of rapping sip like I don't two years ago. Yeah, like, <laughs> yo, we had a lot of good things going on, but we're gonna come back with rapping yes. sip. And we got a lot of other things in the works, and you know, yes, with us. follow so, me at Contrary Candace on everything. Yeah, not con- like Richie, who has a hundred different like different things. It's not just Richie loves yo-yos, it's <laughs> but it's mainly Richie loves yo-yos. Facebook, Richie loves yo-yos. Yeah, everything, all this right here is Richie loves yo-yos. Loves you can easily that. find me anywhere. Give me money on PayPal, Venmo. <laughs> Give know. me money on PayPal. If you support anyways, the channel, anyways, you can follow me at Contrary Candace on everything. Cash app too. Contrary, so, I'll, I'll put it in the description. The YouTube video. Only I put it in the description <laughs> of this YouTube video so you can follow everywhere. Thank you all so much for watching episode seven. It's been an incredible ride. Thank you for appearing on the show. Remember, look out for Rapid Sit. We're gonna have a lot of dope. This is only the beginning. We've got so many things going on. This is this is minute. We're, we're influencers now. We're fucking dope. Oh my god! Right. So this is Rapid Sit. So check y'all later. Episode seven. Picasso's basement, bitch! Sorry, I'm fucking hungry because my stomach's been growling like crazy. Damn, right? <laughs>